Chapter 15. I am in Satan's all-perfect love. I'm kidnapping you. I looked up from the bench to see Kelly Thompson hanging out the passenger window of a navy blue Mustang that had just screeched to a halt in front of me, her forefinger aimed at my head and her thumb cocked. I stood up and slowly put my hands in the air. Don't try anything stupid or I'll blow your dick off, she said, moving her sights from my skull to my crotch. You won't get much in ransom from me in that condition. She stepped out of the car and pulled back the seat, motioning me in with her spurious weapon. I climbed in back. It had been a long, bizarre night already. Why not see what else it had in store? A pretty brunette snuck a look at me in the rearview mirror from behind the steering wheel. I pushed a small mountain of clothes under the seat next to me to make room. They were all inappropriately high-end blouses and slacks, all the price tags still on them. My abductors were fashionable, don't get me wrong, but these ensembles didn't seem to be their style. You ladies been up to no good? I asked, thumbing through their obviously ill-gotten plunder. If you must know, we're on a crime spree. They both broke into laughter. Who's your friend? I asked, leaning over the seat to get a better look at the driver. By way of introducing yourself, I believe she said, shut up and give us your cigarettes or you'll be hogtied in the trunk. I pulled out a smoke and tossed the rest of my pack between the front seats. There you go, ladies. I don't want any trouble. They were evil bookends, green eyes made even more stunning by the overcast day and blood-red lipstick matching black leather jackets, freckled pale skin. Not twins, but a diabolical gang of two, stereophonic, heartbreaking, home-wrecking soul crushers. I put on my aviators as I sat back and watched the rest of the world go to work. I favored this life lived upside down. It was true, and that's why I hated to think of something changing, not coming back. Day was my night. Yes, bad was my good and wrong my right. But upside down has a continual need to perpetuate. Behind my shades, I was teetering on the edge of going further, off balance and unsure, yet relaxing in the gray area between a bad situation and a good time as if it were the most natural thing in the world. In the plus column, illicit drug use was more than likely going to happen. Also in the plus column was the very plausible chance of absurdly naughty sex with Kelly, and let us not dismiss the possibility that this absurd naughtiness might include sex with Kelly and her nameless accomplice. In the minus column was the risk of arrest. I needed to weigh my options. I could have easily bolted out the door at the next red light, leaving all that potential madness behind and only been out a dozen cigarettes or so. Pull over here, Kelly ordered from the passenger seat, putting us a half a block from a large department store in the middle of downtown. You get cash for the Nordstrom stuff while I make out with our hostage. She handed me a container of breath mints, and my fate was sealed. As her minion rummaged through the trunk of the car, gathering stolen merchandise to return, Kelly slid into the back seat with me. I put my arm around her waist and pulled her in close. 
It was exhilarating to kiss semi-strange lips again. Far less savage than our last encounter, but exciting just the same. We groped like teenagers at a drive-in movie while dozens of downtown shoppers passed the car. When things got heated up pretty good, she took my hand out of her jeans and put it around her neck. Tighter, she ordered. But by then, there was too much testosterone surging through me to be told what to do. I ignored her. Please, she whispered, and Playful turned to ugly just like that. I considered it. Maybe it was resentment at being told what to do. Maybe I was just insulted by her giving me a breath mint first. But this time, it was easy. Her whole body trembled as I clenched her throat. I felt her heart pounding in her esophagus. I thought of the bike cop who might happen by and see some creep choking a young lady with a car full of her boat and women's wear. I held my face close to hers and I heard a guttural moan escape from her chest. She shook violently, pushed me off her, red-faced and panning. She pulled a flask from her inside jacket pocket and took a swig before passing it to me. She kissed me on the cheek and said thank you. I wasn't up on the latest open container laws, but I pondered just how much more fucking illegal activity we could shove into the backseat of a late 70s Mustang anyway. Just when I was sure this situation had reached the point of diminishing returns, the driver's side door opened and our comrade returned. Kelly hastily crawled between the front seats and they secretively counted their loot. I didn't care how much money they got. I was just happy it was over so I could get the hell out of there. Okay, I'll take the Bon Marche stuff and you make out with the hostage. Maybe I heard a chorus of angels singing. Maybe I didn't. The brunette produced a matching flask from the inside pocket of her jacket and they toasted their as-yet-successful criminal racket. They simultaneously exited the car. Kelly gathered the clothes from the back seat while the other one slid in next to me. So, do you have a name? I asked. I'm not gonna kiss you, dummy. We sat staring straight ahead with our hands folded in our laps. So, what do I call you when you're not kissing me? My name is Rose, she finally volunteered. What's a nice girl like you doing? Listen, jerk. She interrupted my cutesy small talk. I'm not making out with you, and when we get back to Kelly's place, I'm going to fake pass out on the couch, so don't you fucking dare try anything. I don't care what that little psychopath has planned. Well, nice to meet you, darling. A thousand awkward minutes later, she saw Kelly a block away walking quickly toward the car and threw her arms around my shoulders. Make it look good, she hissed. I sunk my teeth into her neck. She punched me in the rib cage. I thought we were going for authenticity, I laughed. She shoved her tongue in my mouth until Miss Thompson flung open the passenger door. Oh, good. I was hoping you two would get along. Mmm, he's delicious, Rose testified quite convincingly. We strolled into the night light and pulled up to three stools at the bar. To refer to the place as a dive would have been gracious. I ordered up three Budweiser's and a pack of camels from the barkeep. The girls supplemented their beers with tequila shots. 
We were waiting for a friend of Kelly's. I leaned with my back to the bar and watched the door for what I assumed would be a stealthy, mustachioed, russet-skinned man by the name Miguel or Jose. All the drug dealers in this part of town were named Miguel or Jose. They didn't care which name you called them. An hour passed. The girls were dancing with all the old man regulars to Sinatra songs on the jukebox and knocking back more free drinks than I bothered to count. I had six balloons of Otis's dope in my pocket, but if I could practice just a tiny bit more patience, I would reap the rewards of the ladies' misdemeanors and save mine for myself. Besides, at this point, I really was a hostage. I couldn't let either one of those girls drive in the shape they were in. Alcohol was no longer a thrill to me. It was something you did while you waited for drugs. I wondered if the accumulative hours I had waited for dealers in my life had added up to a year yet. Dance with us, Charlie, shouted a pleasantly intoxicated rose from across the makeshift dance floor. It was without a doubt the most lively lunchtime crowd the bar had ever seen. She thrust her hand forward in dainty ballroom fashion and approached me with grand poise and grace. I believe she was even smiling. As I reluctantly reached out my hand for her, she tripped over the leg of a chair and fell face first on the floor. Bam! What did you do? shouted the old man waltzing with Kelly. I reached down to help her up. You motherfucker, spat the lady behind the bar. Kelly shot me a wink before yanking open the collar of her shirt, and he tried to choke me in the car. Just as the entire scene was about to deteriorate into chaos, a portly Mexican with a cowboy hat walked through the front door. Ah, Kelly Thompson. You were a real hoot, in retrospect. In the rear view, I saw Rose tilting her head back and using a mist-stolen blouse to stop the bleeding. The cut on her forehead was minor, but that nose was going to gush for a while. Kelly was riding shotgun next to me, pulling open the cellophane wrapper of the chunk of black tar heroin she had just purchased and smelling it like it was a fine cabernet. My parallel parking job was less than stellar, but we were finally marching up the stairs to Kelly's apartment. The place was nice, much nicer than I thought it would be. Maybe I was expecting more of a medieval torture chamber or Old West brothel vibe, not tastefully painted chartreuse walls and oriental paper lanterns. The kitchenette was stocked with expensive glassware and smelled of dark coffee and sesame oil. It didn't turn out to be the case, but it's a testament to Kelly that I just assumed we had broken into someone else's place. It was almost one in the afternoon, which meant it was way past my bedtime. I collapsed on the bed and decided to rest my eyes while the girls did whatever it is girls do from the time they get somewhere to the time that they manage to get something accomplished. I heard drawers opening and closing. I heard a needle drop on side one of a scratched-up copy of Here Are the Sonics on the stereo. I felt the full weight of Kelly as she sat on me, straddling my hips. I opened my eyes to see her in her panties and a mud honey t-shirt, her thighs squeezing my rib cage. Wake up, slave boy, she managed to say with a syringe between her teeth. 
She was using my chest as her operating table, laying out the spoon, dope, and Q-tips, but wisely choosing to put the glass of water on the nightstand. Rose cozied up to us from the other side of the bed. She lay on her side in a white terry cloth robe with her head propped on her hand watching the master at work. I watched Kelly's face, the tip of her tongue sticking out of the corner of her mouth as she held lighter under the spoon. She put the spoon down on my shirt and giggled knowing damn well it would burn me. I exhaled slowly through my nose and bit my lip so that I would neither spill the dope everywhere nor give her the satisfaction of seeing me react to the pain. Who's first? she asked. Oh, me, 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 Rose squealed, sitting up and sticking her arm out. She laughed as she remembered she still had a bloody piece of Kleenex in one of her nostrils and pulled it out. She looped the sash of her robe around her arm several times and pulled it tight and then licked her lips, waiting for the stab from Nurse Thompson. When the needle was extracted from her arm, Rose leaned forward and gave her a deep kiss. Kelly grinded her crotch into my hips. Rose gripped Kelly's lower lip in her teeth for several heartbeats, then stretched out on the bed next to me and drifted off to heaven. Fake or not. I watched as Kelly held the needle up to the light and squeezed the air bubble out. She unraveled the sash from Rose's arm and wrapped it around her own, gripping it with her teeth to hold it tight as her fingers ran the length of her forearm to find a suitable vein. She tilted her head to one side and made a circular motion as the narcotic warmth encompassed her. God damn, she moaned. She delicately removed the syringe from my arm and licked the single drop of blood from the puncture wound. God damn indeed. She got up, peeled off her t-shirt and tossed it at my head before sauntering off to the kitchen. I closed my eyes and all of my deceit, deception, and self-loathing faded into blackness. I was at home in this ugliness. I was comfortable with being wrong. You're gonna like this, she said walking back in. She had her panties in one hand, a ginger ale in the other. She sat on the edge of the bed and unbuttoned my jeans. It's a little trick I learned in junior high. I don't know why ginger ale works best, but it does, she explained to me while her cold fingers reached into my boxers. I looked to my right and caught a split second of eye contact with Rose before her eyelids slammed shut. <laughs>